0: So let it be written, I was given... So let it be done. I was I was given pure 100% authority to, quote, hit it, end quote. <clears throat> and so here we are, with it being hit. I suppose that's better than kick it. Depends on if you ask the BC boys or not.
1: Not as good as flick it.
0: Well, depends on if you're asking someone with a bean. Yeah, move those shoes, I don't
1: give a shit. Big ass feet.
0: What matters most is that you're comfortable.
1: I am ready to go. Okay. <laughs>
0: Welcome to Lyrics To Go, the podcast where we take a deep dive into lyrics that are questionable at best, but have largely dodged public ridicule until now. I'm Mark, and I'm here once again with Seth for the 154th time. Something like that. Something like that. How are you?
1: You're sad. I was all jacked up. ba bum to come in here i was ready man i was it's surprisingly i was Diane up <laughs> after last week when you said we were going to do this song i was so excited about it and uh last night i turned on the news and i was just so let down and finding out that someone so important to us had died henry Kissinger. henry Kissinger <laughs> you knew it was coming <laughs> how many times you and i have Sat here and gone over modern day foreign <laughs> policy, and probably we thought to ourselves, how would Hank have handled it? But uh, but then we've got... talked so deeply about Cambodia, and uh, you know, we should have used nukes, we should have used, you know, just like he did, he wanted to. Uh, no, um, you know, some, some will rejoice at the death of some. I don't do that, but you know, eh, I get it sometimes, yeah, yeah, but no, but then I, I got some news of uh, of somebody that did mean a lot to me personally. We're both big Silver Jews fans. Yes. And uh, when our boy died... um, I was just talking uh,
0: to someone about this.
1: When that happened, that was devastating. I mean, that was really big to me. I know it was far bigger to you. Um, You were... I mean, we both love, uh, you know, the lyrics that he's done, but that was just, you know, he was not... I think he was uh, more of a presence in your life. But uh, this morning, uh, Shane McGowan of... Shane McGowan and the Popes, and more importantly, the Pogues passed away and I have for the longest time been a very very big a, a bit not a very very big but a big Pogues fan. And You're Irish and Well it- you're of Irish descent. No. I, I, I think I cleared this up one time. I grew up being told that yes, I was. that's And fair. then I did my my research on it myself, and I came to find out that, yes, I do have Irish in my background. I also have Dutch, German, French, Canadian, mm-hmm. and other things, but mostly my background... Is British. Is English, yes. Is exactly English. Welcome. So, yeah, welcome. <laughs> Lyrics to go. Where we talk about about things that you might not have thought were there, but they aren't. It... it I loved from from the time that I was a kid I loved traditional Irish music and of course when you combine that with Irish poetry uh to the effect of you know groups like the Dubliners and I, I liked them they were an American Irish band but uh but you know other uh, I'm I'm sitting here and they're slipping my mind right now because when I heard um I bought Hell's Ditch which came out in like 89 um, not long after it came out. It was like one of the early, early records that I bought, um, and I loved it. I thought it was great, and I could not buy the album that I wanted to, which was Rum, Sodomy, and The Lash, just because, by virtue of the name, I couldn't right. bring some that, something with that name in the house. And um, But I did listen to it from other people, and that record... Um, from top to bottom is just pure poetry, man. Is
0: I've never really get. I, I've I've listened to Fairy Tale of New York and I've I've listened to the Pogues by way of other people, <clears throat> but I never really got super into them. I think part of it was because everybody had such a hard on for them. and I I especially now don't like the whole everyone likes him so I don't. I just didn't think it was ever going to really be something for me. But I think now I just need to sit down and listen to "Rum Sodomy and the Lash" and and some of their other stuff and and give it. a Now that he's dead, it's the perfect time to get into it. Right. He, yeah, and like I don't know, there's something about him that always kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Oh, I get that. Um, that I think probably had a lot to do with it. Um, interestingly, um, Blake reached out to me and um because i had posted my top five my my spotify wrapped mm-hmm. and he was like silver jews fucks and i was like yes they're yes. one of my favorite band uh my, one of my favorite bands and we talked for a little bit about it and i actually talked to him specifically about how the night that david Berman died mm-hmm. or the day that i found out i had trivia that night and i told him i was like i almost canceled yeah. i was just oh, that, i remember i it was, was a big deal yeah it was not a fun night to be at trivia. I was just like there. I talked. I think I packed up my shit and I went home. I think I might have been there that night. Yeah. You very well might have. Yeah. Um. So, uh, yes, big rip to Shane McGowan. Uh, big
1: whatever to Henry Mark, Kissinger. Don't think we're gonna escape not going over some lyrics of this man. Okay. I mean, this is a lyric show, and this guy is is one of my favorite lyric uh, lyric writers of all time, and. Uh, I implore you do you know if you're going to listen to any of the records, I, I highly recommend that you start with "Rum Sod- Sodomy and the Lash." Um, if I Should Fall from Grace with God is a very very good one as well. Hell's Ditch is is good. Uh, the, the first two that I mentioned are the ones um, starting off with. Um, uh, it, it, there's there's like a trio of songs. It's not Sally MacLean. It's um, the old main drag. Followed by um, A Man You Don't Meet Every Day, which he didn't write, but it's a great song. Uh, then going all the way down to uh, A Pair of Brown Eyes, which is just, when I think about those lyrics, they make me wanna cry. Um, they're, they're just And then Sally Macklinam, when I think about those lyrics, they make me wanna cry. And then it ends down there at the bottom with, I think, maybe one of the best American songs that you should learn how to sing in a bar called Body of an American. And when I've been in a bar when everybody there knew it, when they all scream the words, I'm a freeborn man of the USA, is just absolutely fucking beautiful. Damn. But the man wrote, I think what um, I, I live to hear two songs at Christmas time. Um, one of them, I think, is my favorite Christmas song, and that would be So Much Wine by the Handsome Family. Oh, yes. Mark knows about that one. Absolutely. And the other one is Fairy Tale of New York, which is. Which is uh, ubiquitous with uh, with Christmas people, you know, with, with fan- people our age and music fans, and and for good reason. And it has one line in it that I, that I hear that I it does not fail to make me think of. It's not just an Irish lyric. It's the um, it's it's a feeling of romance and loss, and I don't want to say loneliness, but a feeling of being alone and and trying Mm. to save it and um it's at the end of the song it's him and christy mccall and when he goes i could have been someone well so could anyone that's what she says Mm -hmm. (laughs) i and then she looks at him and goes i gave my dreams with you when i first found you and he and then he says i took them with me babe i put them with my own can't make it all alone I build my dreams around you and it just sitting here now makes me fucking I love those words yeah they're fucking beautiful very and, good yeah very good I love and that a huge stuff. loss yeah and uh, I think that that's like that's like some of the best poetry in my opinion ever written I'm, I love those words yeah and uh and I I'm gonna miss I should have gone and seen him I told my wife that today <clears throat> they used to come to Florida all the time back in the late 80s and early 90s and I would always say to myself along with, I I would look in the newspaper and they would say who's coming to Tampa or West Palm Beach or Fort Lauderdale and it would always come up that I would always see in there three people. One, Weird Al Yankovic. Used to always come to Florida back in the 80s and early 90s and I didn't go see him back in those days. I was so glad that I've seen him so many times since. The other one is Stevie Ray Vaughan. He came here all the time, mm-hmm. and then the third one was the Pogues. They came here all the time, and I always said, oh, "I'll see him one day. I'll see him one day." And then they were no more. And I should have gone to see him because I love him so much. And uh, yeah, I
0: was very happy to be able to. I mean, they didn't come to Florida. I don't think ever. Who's that? But Silver Jews. Oh no, I, don't I went think they to ever Georgia did. to see them and yeah. saw them in the opening. To, so for those of you who don't know, Silver Jews were a band that were a band that released albums but never really toured. They played a couple shows, but it was mostly a singer-songwriter with different people. He'd have different people play on every album, different iterations. And then finally he kind of put together a proper band. And though they had been a band that started in the 1990s, Mm -hmm. um, they didn't tour proper until the 2000s. Yeah, like the... Yes. Yeah, they they started maybe even late 80s. Like of some form, I don't think so. I mean, not ve- that far back. Yeah, I mean, it was it, it was a long time ago. Yeah, and but never toured, and then finally when he had a band that was together, <clears throat> they toured but did not come to Florida, and I actually went to see uh see them in Chicago as well, flew to Chicago to see them at uh, Pitchfork Fest, and then also saw them wow. twice while they were in Georgia. So very <sighs> very happy, and I got to meet him. So wow. Very, very happy that I got the the, my big miss is rush Um, (laughs) because they came a bunch of times and I kept saying, I'll see them at some other point. And Neil Pert had
1: cancer and didn't tell anybody and then Then just fucking died. No more. Yeah, you can't. They they have to have original members. My big miss other than Pogues as well. I think I've told you this before, is uh, 1994, a buddy of mine that lived in Tampa, who I used to go up to Tampa to go see shows with him and stay at his place. And he calls me up on the phone, and he's like, hey, man, going to see Nirvana next week, and I'll never forget me sitting on the phone with him on a landline, because this is pre-cell phone, and I said, I'll catch him next tour. And then five months later, he was gone. So, Yeah, I wish My I would have seen nice. Nirvana. Yeah. Um, thank you for giving me those few minutes to talk about um, Shane McGowan and Absolutely. the Absolutely. Um, I've always pronounced it McGowan. Is, is that wrong? Uh, it, it it doesn't matter. Okay. I mean, you know, what matters is that you have an appreciation. You don't yet. He's I'm, not going to I'm going to try and no, he's not. I'm going to try and change that. Um, as you said, maybe not somebody that you want to be into. It 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 is not. This will come as no shock to anyone that's known music for a long time. Sometimes your heroes let you down, and they're not the people that you think they are. I've heard the guy in in um, tons of interviews and in documentaries. And maybe not the human being that you would want to mix your life up with, but the poetry and the words are undeniable. It's uh, sometimes God uses a a rotten vessel to get his uh, his message across. And, and I think if you've seen those teeth, <laughs>
0: you know, that vessel is had the rock. Rot. Yeah. <laughs> the,
1: yeah. He finally got some new teeth.
0: Thank did. God for it. Yeah. Um, but we're not here to talk about Shane McGowan. Thank you for letting me do that. Not a problem. We're not here to talk about Henry Kissinger for sure. We no. gave we gave Shane Shane McGowan the, the lion's share of the intro there. Yeah. And with good reason. Uh, we are here to talk about. I don't know what you want to call him. John Cougar. Johnny Cougar, John Cougar Mellencamp, John Mellencamp, but we're talking about that guy and the song. (laughs) Yes, the famous band, Um, uh, and we are here to talk about Jack and Diane. Mm -hmm. So tell me, tell me about Jack and Diane.
1: This is, I'm not going to say the wind was taken out of my sails um, with Shane McGowan's death uh, when in regards to. Uh, there were a lot of wind in my sails coming up to this because I think, to, in my opinion, this is a big one, Mark. This is a real, real big one. Um, this is just a song that, going back as far as I can remember, uh, has been there. It's just been there, and uh, and it's an important song. It's just always been there. It's all, It's It was just there. It's like your dad's recliner. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> like Archie Bunker's chair. Exactly. It's yeah. always just been there. I think that this is an important song, and... Um, I don't care who you are and how cynical you might be coming from my generation, which is the tail end of generation X, um, how hip you might be and how, uh, you know, prone to backlash you are. Um, uh, but this song is just part of who we are. And as you grew up and you, either you had MTV or your friends had it, you wound up seeing the video for this and, the uh, Guitar part, the hand claps, the vocals, the the lines, the the harmonizing in the in the bridge. It just it stuck with you. It just it glued itself right into your soul, whether you liked it or not. Yeah. And I will just sum all that up in the, about this song with that right there. It is just part of who the hell we are. <clears throat> it is. Um, this song is
0: on the 1982 studio album, American Fool. Uh, John, uh, John Cougar is his name, uh, on this album. He has gone through a number of different names. If you do not know, uh, before this, he was, uh, labeled as Johnny Cougar had a couple of, um, songs before this that were, you know, that, that he was known for nothing huge. Um, kind of interesting. So we have a guy who was kind of being, molded by his label and when doing some research about this song uh, I saw the name Neil Diamond pop up a couple times I think the label had a certain view of how they wanted to utilize him and how they wanted to promote him and he was not willing to play ball he did not want to be Neil Diamond he did not want to be that kind of person he had his heart set on being, you know, American, you know, John, Johnny, Johnny Cougar. Mm -hmm. He wanted to, he had a very specific viewpoint of rural America and, you know, pretty pink houses and, and all these songs that he ended up doing along with this one of singing about where he grew up in Indiana and, and
1: people like that and stories like that. I think it's referred to as Heartland Rock. Yeah. That's what uh, I I always thought of it, really, seriously from the very beginnings as Midwest Rock. Yeah. yeah. Um the producer uh John uh,
0: Don Gaiman uh said in an uh, interview I can remember an A&R guy in a pink shirt coming in to listen to them and basically thinking we had nothing. At that point they put a stop to the project. So they actually came in, they had 20 songs written. They started listening to what they had. They said, this is not what we thought we were getting. Whoever it was, whether it was the producer or someone at the label or Johnny Cougar himself, John Cougar went in and they let them go ahead and finish what they had. And one of those songs was Jack and Diane. Another song, Hand to Hold On To, uh, was another song that they were really trying to push And it's actually pretty interesting. Uh, So when the label was trying to pick a song from this to release, he pushed Jack and Diane and they were like, no, that's not the hit. They wanted to push Hurts So Good, which ended up being a big hit. Was that the first single?
1: I got a question. Do you think it was? I think so. Was it? Okay. Um, Can I, I do want to say something right now. Um, The uh, Hurts So Good. Is It's so funny because uh, it is simultaneously one of the worst songs and videos of that era. I don't like it at all. I think it's really terrible. I think it's awful. Um, lyrics, I mean words, song, and... And uh, and video, the video is awful. I
0: don't. I'm not familiar with either. I mean, I like when the song comes on. I won't turn it off. I don't like it. Okay.
1: I I, I just I I'm sorry. I don't like it. It's fine. And yeah, no. I, um, <laughs> I think it's awful. I don't like it. And it's so strange because this song, it's like you don't have a choice in liking it or not. It's just it's part of everyone, and 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 I find that amazing. And I think it's good. I don't think that it's like an overwhelmingly awesome like anthem that a lot of people do. But I think the fact that it is because the the, I hate to use this word, but it's true. The ubiquity of it makes it glorious,
0: which is crazy because this song was fighting an uphill battle from the beginning. Yes, so I mean, the label didn't like where he was going musically. They let him do the album anyway. He says, I want to release this song. They say no. They go to make a couple of music videos for Hurt So Good and Hand to Hold On To. There's a company called John Roseman Productions And later on, there was an interview with a guy named Paul Flattery who worked for that company and basically said John Mellencamp came up to him. This is the story the way Paul Flattery tells it. He said, look, there's a song on the album. The label doesn't believe in, but I do. Can you do me a favor and save one roll of film? Shoot me singing the song. I'll give you some old photos and stuff, and then you can cobble it together for me. That song was Jack and Diane, so we stole some editing time in LA, we projected slides on the edit room wall, and we had the tape op wear white gloves to do the clapping. We didn't charge John a cent.
1: Isn't that fucking awesome? That is badass. Is that not fucking, and it's, and and video-wise, it's like one, I'd, I'd say top 10 videos of the 80s on MTV. It's it's incredible. Yeah, I, I mean, the music video, I, so... The
0: music video has those old pictures and these hands that keep clapping. They do not stop. It's, it, it match. Mark, does it match the song perfectly? Well, the, the pictures do. The hands clapping is very 80s, but I guess there's really I nothing you does, can do about I, it. I think it fits it perfectly. I think it's cheesy as shit. But I mean, the 80s were cheesy, I suppose. <laughs> so what is the other big hill that they had to climb? When he was first writing this, he made the song about an interracial couple. And as soon as people started hearing that, they, surprise, surprise, didn't like that either.
1: What? Yeah. that's. But he only admitted that in 2014, and you would think that
0: by 2014, big fucking whoop. Well, I mean, but the song was written in 1982, I, I, and just, that was uh, that was when he wrote it, and that's when people heard it. I do
1: have a question. Do you think he retroactively stated that, like uh, he just kind of projected that on the song? I don't get any of that from the song. Not that there's anything like Seinfeld. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but really, I mean, I don't. I don't get it from the song, especially when. Well, you no, I mean, lines, like, lyrics were changed. Scratches his head. Oh, oh, lyrics yeah. were changed. Okay. So originally, oh, the lyrics
0: oh, were. It was based on a 1966 uh, poem or play Tennessee by Williams Tennessee Williams, Williams Sweet Bird of called Earth. "Sweet Bird of Youth." And uh, he said, but it says, but when record executives balked at a song about interracial love, Mellencamp instead made the song about two typical Midwest teenagers coming of age. Mm-hmm. And they are coming all right.
1: <laughs> well, it, I think it's acknowledged in the song.
0: So it's, you know, change the lyrics. We don't want to push this. We want you to sound like Neil Diamond, et cetera, et cetera. And he uh, said that he started doing the song live. And people were just singing it and, you know, just it ended up getting steam. People really, really liked it and it started getting bigger and bigger. And the label said, all right, we'll fucking release it. And he said, well, guess what? I already
1: have a music video for it. Yeah. (laughs) Surprise. So it does not hurt that one of the principal people involved with the production and the writing of the music is none other than Mick Ronson.
0: Yes, who yeah. he single-handedly, well, I shouldn't say single-handedly, but he gives a lot of credit
1: to Mick Ronson yeah. for the arrangement of the song. And, you, and, and if you know about Mick Ronson, you see it. Yes. You get it. Yeah. yeah. Now, Mick Ronson, for those of you that don't know, I know him, I always associate him with David Bowie. Mm-hmm. He's freaking David Bowie's guitar player from the early days. There's videos of Bowie playing with him on stage, and it's incredible. Mick Ronson is very, very good. So he comes in and is playing with
0: John Mellencamp, John Cougar, Johnny Cougar, whatever the fuck you want to call him at this point. And apparently uh, was pretty instrumental in coming up with the whole uh, vocal only part. Uh, Another cool story (laughs) is uh, the story of Kenny Arnoff, the drummer. Mm -hmm who uh, basically walked in and was told he was being replaced by a Lindrum drum machine. So the 1980s, if you were a drummer, was a very scary time. Uh, You know, the drum machine had really started making um, waves in into popular music. yeah, Yeah. Replacing drummers and making it so. Um, they had something that was playing in time for sure. And you didn't have to worry about micing it. You just could plug it in and have good sound. And that was it. So he walks in and they're like, yeah, program this. So he has to basically get out the, uh, get out the instructions and, you know, make a drum part on this drum machine. That's going to replace himself. Uh, so he does that. He's, he's pretty pissed off. He's, thinking about himself, you know, like, what the hell am I going to do? What's my future? He says, two hours later, I'm summoned into the control room where John tells me, I need you to come up with a drum solo or something after the second chorus. At that moment, I was absolutely terrified and excited, excited because I'm now going to be playing on the record, terrified because I knew that I had to save the song in order to save my career. Because if I didn't come up with it, they'd replace me. Two people had already been fired in the band And when I joined two years prior, I was fired from playing on the record. So this was a scary moment for me. The long and short of it is I come up with this part on the spot and it becomes a number one hit. John's biggest hit ever. And it still remains today after being four weeks on the Billboard Hot 100 at number one, still his biggest hit to date. Uh, So a lot of people compare this to in the air tonight as far as like air drumming drum fill. Oh, yeah. I knew um,
1: Phil Collins was going to get mentioned on this damn show at at some point. Yeah, he said it's yeah,
0: technically not hard, uh but I was forced to create that on the spot. Oh, it's real simple
1: but flippin' beautiful, man. Yeah. It's it's yeah. beautiful, yeah. Um Mark, it's uh, it's uh, it's all of this stuff is interesting. It's been sampled um by Jessica Simpson from a, a song called I think I'm in love with you, the third single from her debut album which I have to say, this is the stupidest album title of of all time. This is it, nineteen ninety nine's "Sweet Kisses." <laughs> yeah, that's bad. Uh, Jake Owen sampled it uh, when he did uh, uh, "Jack and Diane." It's uh, there are a Weird lot of Al people... tried to
0: do a, a a parody of it. Did he? But uh, but he, John Mellencamp did not give his approval. Did he say what the words were? Uh, Weird Al planned a parody of this song on his 1983 debut album as Chuck and Diane, making fun of the royal couple Prince Charles and Lady Diane. Oh. Yankovic couldn't get Mellencamp's permission to do the parody, uh, so he used the lyrical content for an original song called Buckingham Blues instead. Mm. Yankovic did parody the song on the 2003 Simpsons episode, Three Gays of the Condo, Mm. where he sang it in animated form as Homer and Marge.
1: Got to go back and listen to that. Yeah. Sounds interesting. Um, A lot of people out there make a case for, uh, you know, Southern lyricists are the great American lyricists, or for that matter, poets. Um, And I think that time and again you will see that the ones that, that really, really uh, make America or put put poetry in music on the map are... I'm not saying that John Cougar Mellencamp is that guy. I'm saying that this song is ranked up there as one of those you know great American songbook songs, in my opinion. But uh, I, I think often it comes from the Midwest as an evidence of people like Paul Westerberg and a guy named Zimmerman. We also know him as Bob Dylan. Um, the Midwest is overlooked when it comes to lyric writers, in my opinion. And, yeah. uh, and this is, I think the lyrics to this song are really, really good. And uh, Listen to
0: some Midwest emo and you'll see plenty of great lyrics that are very, very sad. Well, you said that. Yeah, <laughs> <Man>, not me. <laughs> Man, That's fair. You won't have to listen to that. Just don't listen to Chris
1: Karab. That's me. We um, should
0: also, so uh, I guess one last thing that we'll mention before we start getting the lyrics is, I would be remiss if I did not mention that one of the big lines in the song is used in the Built to Spill song. You were wrong. You were wrong. Um, so uh, we'll we'll get to that line here at one point. All right.
1: The year is 1998, and I fly to Chicago to meet up with my two friends, Brett and Sean, and we go to uh, it's it's kind of the CBGBs of of uh, of Chicago. I can't remember the name of the place. It was torn down not long after I was there but it was like the place to go in Chicago. I'm gonna, the, the name escapes me right now, but it was the place. Um, forgive me. But Brett says, oh guess who's playing, Built to Spill, who I had known about years before from my brother. And I go in there and people are hollering out to hear songs from There's Nothing Wrong With Love, Ultimate Alternative Waivers, and Keep It Like a Secret had not come out yet, which is my favorite record by them. Very and they played, uh, what I'm positive is that whole record. And because I didn't recognize one song. And when he got to, and when you say manic depression's a frustrating mess, I remember him singing that and thinking, oh, these are lyrics from other songs, which is You Were Right. Mm-hmm. And I remember hearing that song before it came out uh, there that night at, I'm going to look up the name of that place. I can't remember the name. But, but I heard that song before it came out. Yeah. And I was very, very proud of that. And I remembered it. I remember hearing it and being
0: like uh, It was a very similar feeling I had to A praise chorus by uh, Jimmy World where it was A bunch of lines from choruses And I was like oh And like trying to figure out what song was what Mm -hmm. So while he looks up uh, The name of this bar in Chicago We'll go ahead and get started uh, With the lyrics Little ditty About Jack and Diane Two American kids Growing up in the heartland Jackie's going to be a football star. Diane's debutante backseat of Jackie's car. So I guess, you know, why are we doing this song? We're sitting here talking about Midwest songwriters and lyricists and how they're overlooked, but they're very good. And it's true that the lyrics of the song are pretty good. I guess the the main reason... (laughs) That Terry Lynn brought it up to me um, and mentioned it because she was unaware and I don't know how people, how aware people are. The first couple lines of this album or of the song, the first couple lines of the song are very horny <laughs> and are basically about two, two people trying to fuck in uh, out in the open. Uh, so that's a little weird. Uh, that's still frantically scrolling. Um, so yeah, I, I want to say first off, I I well I keep saying first off, but I do want to say that this song has ruined the word Diddy, I think for just about everybody known to man. Wait, P Diddy didn't do that. <laughs> P Diddy did not help the case at all, but, uh, yeah, a little Diddy. Anytime anybody says anything about anything being a Diddy, the song immediately pops into my mind. Um, really,
1: it's always uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers that sung "Pretty Little Ditty" from Uplift Mofo Party Plan. That's oh, the one that was uh,
0: the one that was used for yeah for "Come Butterfly, My Lady, Come Come My Lady." My lady. Oh God, yeah. yeah. Um, I always thought the lyric was "Jackie's gonna be a football star," but it's Jack. He's gonna be a football star. Which was interesting Really?
1: I did know that No I did yeah, not Yeah I pieced it together I mean Because they say together, Jackie
0: just... later on So I thought it was Jackie's gonna be a football star Right Jackie's gonna be a football star Right um, the, the, uh, the genius annotation for Diane's debutante backseat Of Jackie's car The genius annotation says She's giving top She's good <laughs>
1: <laughs> Giving top
0: And uh, it was downvoted on
1: 11 11 every teenager's dream
0: (laughs) a debutante is an upper class young woman making her first appearance in fashionable society Mm. um jack and diane are working class so the use of the term is ironic and also points to having or also points to diane having her first sexual experience in jack's car so there you go. Are you going to stop looking at for this? I've fucking... stopped
1: looking at it. I'm 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 on lyrics with you, man. You. What are you trying to say, Mark? <laughs>
0: I'm trying to that say I'm not contributing. No, no, I'm, I'm here.
1: here. Okay, but I'm just waiting to get to that one line <laughs> that we're all <laughs> we're right around the corner from it. Yeah, um, debutante. No, I, You don't see debutantes coming out of rural in yeah in the United States, middle of the United in Indiana, I should say. Yeah. I mean, what do you associate Indiana with when you think Indiana? uh you've drawn a blank fields (laughs) which which is correct which is absolutely correct maybe corn i drove from chicago back to florida in in 2000 in december december 24th 2000 i drove back to florida from chicago and indiana was an was under snow all i saw on that interstate on both sides of the road was snow that's it that was all i saw of indiana the only thing I could think of, well, was, wow, this is where Michael Jackson is from.
0: Mm. That's it.
1: Yeah, that's all that I thought. Probably you know.
0: tells you everything you need to know too. Uh, so yeah, innocuous enough, uh, except for the uh, Diane's debutante back seat of Jackie's car, giving a little bit of a hint to, uh, you know, some sloppy debutante. as it was, uh, as it was, as it was put so eloquently. Verse two, sucking on a chili <laughs> dog. Outside the tasty freeze, Diane's sitting on Jackie's lap. He's got his hand between her knees. Jackie say, hey, Diane, let's run off behind a shady tree. Dribble off those Bobby Brooks slacks. Now do what I please.
1: Mark, who's which one of us is going to go over this whole thing? I'll let you. The uh, sucking on a chili dog. Mm-hmm. Sucking on a chili dog. Now, for those of you that don't know, there's a uh, a video that's been floating around of people singing or someone doing this song where every single line is sucking on a chili dog outside the Tasty Freeze. I'd like to think that maybe we can find that and put it up on the social media somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. It is, it is laugh-inducing, to say the least. It's completely funny and somewhat fitting um, mm. because this is the song, this is the line that stood out, it seems, more than other. There's just lines that grab you. You know was it mark you're looking
0: no 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 i agree with you but i um i guess with it keeping in line with how horny these two first verses are and talking about sucking on a chili dog mm-hmm. um seems like it could be some reference to uh giving a like a post-anal blowjob yeah <laughs>
1: Why is there chili on this? <laughs> I didn't order chili. <laughs> Wait a minute. What's that lump? <laughs> um,
0: yeah. So sucking on a chili dog. I. Mm, beefy. I, I don't know who sucks on hot dogs. I don't either. Let alone chili dogs. Why did he put? The, I don't know. What kind of chewing on chili dogs? Maybe some sort of Midwest code for something. <laughs> yes, it probably is. Yeah. Um, I believe there is there and I and the the spelling of Tasty Freeze. T a s t e e, second word f r e e z, tasty freeze. Tasty, um, yeah. Some and Diane, of... of course, is on Jackie's lap, mm-hmm. and he's got his hand between her knees. He got his hands between
1: her knees. <laughs> if we didn't, you know, he's, he totally mumbles all over that. When I see where you get mixed up on the Jackie's going to be a footballer, so, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, it sounds like. Got his hands between his knees. Sounds like he says his knees. Yeah. You know, it's uh, it's kind of strange. Mark, good news. Tasty Freeze is still in business. Thank God. I know. Thank goodness. Do they sell chili dogs? There is I do a, see hot dogs. There is a chili dog all the way at the bottom. It's hanging down there at the bottom of the advertisement, Dangling underneath the shake. I do want to mention
0: how daring to want to go fuck under a tree after sucking on a chili dog. Oh the fact that all this is happening in one fell swoop you're sitting outside chili you're still you're sitting outside of oh, tasty freeze and oh. you're you're sucking on a chili dog and then you i don't know if it's supposed maybe maybe a chili dog is supposed to be an aphrodisiac patrick have you ever fucked after eating a chili dog <laughs> yes. yeah yeah Patrick okay. says possibly post Dairy Queen, which still seems a little bit safer than fa- Tasty Freeze, I think. I, I think so. But, man, chili, I mean, chili has been known to give people the rumbles. Right. Anyway. Right. A hot dog, I mean, who knows how long it's been on the little roller there.
1: This is, uh, this is once again, I think some sort of <laughs> Midwest kink. It's, <laughs> it's like, it's like oh, are you into? <laughs> Honey,
0: <laughs> I, I have a really strange ask. Yes, we have this I thing. want you to sit on my lap while I eat a chili dog. And then I want to fuck you under an old elm. We call this a Bobby Brooks. We want,
1: we, not, I'm going to gobble up two chili dogs and let's see if anything comes out while we're doing it. I mean, it's not supposed to come out.
0: Yeah, exactly. Let me plunge your asshole and see if I can if I can't suck this chili got, dog out the other end. I loved it when you fucking said that. Oh, gross. Oh, God. Um, yeah, and dribble a dribble off. The, just this whole, this whole verse is just a lot of strange language. Suck on chili dogs, dribble off those Bobby Brooks. Have you ever heard? Diddy dribble off Diddy. Yeah. <laughs> Diddy. Just like strange language all around. Have you ever heard someone say they're dribbling off their slacks? No.
1: Okay. I mean, not outside of John Cougar. No, never. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't think we're strange in, in, in not hearing that Mark. Um, I mean, we do some odd shit, but I don't think we're strange for that. And then to say to
0: "let me do what I please" is uh, also kind of—I mean, uh, I, you know, I guess dominant. Maybe she, you know, uh, she could she very well that, be into but that.
1: Yeah, it does. It doesn't sound. It doesn't sound good. I, I mean, at least I don't think so. I mean, I mean, I would like a girl to say that to me, but who knows what you know? Who who knows the mind, the, the depths of a woman, and whether or not she wants you to say "let me do what I want." You know, yeah. it just doesn't sound good. From what we know, and I mean, what we've
0: heard so far, you know, Jack is going to be a football star. I think we can all agree that's not going to happen. Yeah. Diane has no agency of her own; she's just the debutante. Yeah, she's just of Jackie stuff off. Of, the, yeah. of the of the the back seat of Jackie's car, <laughs> and he's just like, "Now is the time where we fuck after the chili dog." Follow me, and that's all she really does. And then, so strange. As, as everything else here where, you know, as, as quick as all this stuff happens, mm-hmm. we get the chorus. Oh yeah, life goes on long after the thrill of living is gone. Say, oh yeah, say life goes on long after the thrill of living is gone. Now walk on. So it's like, I don't know. It's just like. Look, we're out here at the tasty freeze, two young, good looking kids sucking on chili dogs and having anal. Life goes on long after the thrill of living is gone. It's just <laughs> like someone gets walloped with Nietzsche. It's like some, just it's like John Paul Sartre just like comes out and goes <laughs> not, not so fucking fast. I don't you put those Bobby dribble those Bobby, Bobby books, books back on. <laughs> And
1: think about the emptiness of and life. read this, yeah. <laughs> yeah I know he he could have done something more practical and like told her to get more napkins or something. You know what we're going to do?
0: <laughs> we're gonna need something to clean up with. It's like we just get like walloped with philosophy 101, uh. so yeah, which well, we just... is
1: where the midwest in him comes out, man
0: do you think the Midwest mm. cares about
1: existentialism? God, you make a good point, Mark? No, I don't think they do. I mean, I, I, it's I think we are in a very surviving
0: mid- and I, I want to be clear here. I know that we've kind of like shat on Indiana a little bit
1: no, and we're going to continue to shat on. <laughs> Indiana. We're, it's not going to stop. Mark. That place is not appealing to me. <laughs> well, we're in Florida. I mean, we're like, the. I like it here. I know, but I know, I'm just yeah.
0: saying like, we're kind of like the, the butt of every joke. Whoa known to man and we're not we're not known for having the best uh schooling can, of all time we either. can dish it out well we're we definitely to. can dish yeah. it out yeah um
1: I mean, jimmy kimmel says bad shit about us every night
0: yeah, yeah i don't so i don't know why uh why after talking about fucking under a tree um we decide that we're going to talk about life going on long after the thrill of living is gone I guess it's just supposed to be kind of like, I guess that's the well, narrator kind of. Maybe we've we've hit the highs. away from the story. Now we have to hit the lows too, I guess. There's an arc mark. Yeah, and he just says the same thing over and over arc again. Mark. He just says it twice, arc mark. <laughs> he just, he's just like, oh yeah, life goes on long after the thrill of living is gone. It's like, oh, okay. And it's like, yeah, life goes on long after the thrill of living is gone again. It's mm-hmm. like, Jesus Christ. I didn't all right.
1: catch on it the first time.
0: So we get some more <coughs> of that guitar. Bam, 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 it den it. Now we were talking a little about Sounds the loud cool. clap. There's like the, the regular clap. This is something else that's pretty interesting. So the claps were only put in there to help him keep time. For meter, yeah. They were supposed to be taken out. Yeah. But they became so liked they just ended up keeping it in yeah so you're asking earlier about like the louder sound so the whole drum part up until the the famous kenny arnoff drum break was done on a limb drum machine i think that's just another snare setting they had mm. uh or you know i don't know what it would have been really, called you don't on think there. it was a hand clap no no i think it was i don't I think, think I the hand claps there. were real hand claps either okay Because they sound, I mean, they might have been, maybe I'm wrong. I
1: think they're somewhere along the lines. I I think they are. Hey, those of you out in lyrics to go land, look it up. Tell us about it on the uh, Facebook or Instagram page. Tell us what you think. Yeah. Uh, So then we get the third
0: verse. Jackie sits back, collects his thoughts for the moment, scratches his head and does his best James Dean. Well, then there, Diane, we ought to run off to the city. Diane says, baby. You ain't myths enough then. But Jackie says. And then we get the chorus again, which we don't need to fucking go over. You know, he I really, mean, he jumps I into this. Drive me to drink. He really I keep reading this fucking chorus. <laughs> he,
1: he jumps into that. Jackie sits back. I mean, it, it kind of gets there abruptly, you know, when he first mm-hmm. gets to it. So it, it kind of gives an urgency to it. Clicks. Do we believe that this is immediately
0: post-coitus after the, the, the chili dog sex? Is. Yeah. Okay.
1: He's got to get himself back together after... So she's dribbling after, on back to Bobby Brooks. Like me trying to collect myself after that. Old Jackie's the, the kind of baby. guy
0: that just hikes his his jeans just mid-thigh and puts his dick through the dick hole in his underwear to have sex. <laughs> <laughs> I, can almost, I can almost guarantee it.
1: almost <laughs> guarantee like, those that's, guys that utilizes like, the dick He's hole. like, Ty, that's what the pee hole's for. <laughs> that's what it's there for. <laughs> <laughs> just
0: stick my wiener out. You don't have to play with my balls. That's weird.
1: It's called Indiana Access. <laughs> it's called Indiana Access.
0: <laughs> yes, it yeah. is called Indiana yeah. Access. It's, Absolutely. This is how we keep
1: from having babies. <laughs>
0: <laughs> if the balls don't come out, I'm less likely to have sex. Everyone wears tighty-whities so their sperm counts low. Um, so, yeah, I guess he gets done with the, with the tasty-free sex. And I guess it's at this point that he's at his most philosophical. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, scratches his head and does his best James Dean. If you this don't know, where
1: he's at his mumbly best too. Does it just, does it just, James? his best, best um, James he's Dean. He's really
0: kind of evoking his own Dylan. Well, I mean, here I, I think the line after that is where he really gets mumbly.
1: Well, and then uh, we ought to no. run off to the city. No, Mark, no. This is where he goes full Western prospect. Well, they're dying on the dying and know he goes, uh, you know, uh, frontier gibberish. Yeah. Like they say in Blazing Saddles. <laughs> like
0: they, so he says, Well, then, there, Diane. Well, then, they're Diane. We ought to run off to the city.
1: <clears throat> we got to take this gold back into the city. Why? Well, you have to escape. <laughs> you have to escape the home of well, children. What is Dog it about sex. this
0: sex that rocked his world so hard <laughs> that he's like, <clears throat> We just fucked so good we have to go to the city. So get me out of here.
1: This is where my my comparisons to the fast car come along. We got to get out of here. You know, like you and I leave tonight or live and die this way. This is, you know, when I heard this and we started when I started going over it for the episode, I was like, there are small parallels to fast car in this. You know, two people uh. from nowhere, you know, who knows where fast car's are at, but it just seems like it could be Indiana. And then they're both trying to get out, you know. I mean, the most you have to look forward to is well in the case of Tracy Chapman it's much worse but you know with these guys it's tasty free sex and that's about as good as it gets <laughs> you know
0: yeah um well so one person in uh the uh in the pan- pantheon that is the genius <laughs> annotation says that this likely means that is pregnant hmm. which I think is interesting but then it could mean that they went to the city to either, one, get married, since a small-town minister would probably not do the ceremony, or I disagree two, with that. have Diane get an abortion. Nearly all abortion clinics are in large cities.
1: I disagree with both of those. <sighs> yeah, things, nine you know. down votes. There's a lot of people just kind of like... Throw in Hail Marys. Well, in, the reason I downplay both of those is, one, small towns, I think you're much more prone to find someone, uh, a justice the peace preacher, somebody to marry two young people off. It's a thing in small towns. That's a fact. I've actually seen it. And the second one is, Diane talks him down from, we ought to run run off to the city. Diane says, baby, you ain't missing nothing. So, I mean, this, I guess means that
0: Diane is well acquainted with the city.
1: That's what, that's what we're getting to is that she has some sort of pride. She's a worldly girl. Yeah. You know,
0: Uh, you know, and so you, you lived in Chicago for a time. A little bit. Been around the world. Um, I've never lived in a big city. Mm -hmm. Never been super interested in it. Right. Um, do you think it's true that you ain't myth nothing? Uh, no, I don't know why no. I lisped there. Wait, you, <laughs> you ain't myth nothing. <laughs> <laughs> evoke your inner cougar, Mike.
1: Mike Tyson <laughs> took uh, over my why, body. Nothing, nothing. I uh, no, I disagree. Uh, I think that um, I think that you probably should go and experience what it is uh, like to essentially what I felt like there was living on top of each other. You know, everything was just piled in and crammed into a very, very small space, which makes for, you know, people say that people are the same everywhere. And I do, for the most part, agree with that. But I do think that there is a vibe to certain places, um, especially cities where there is more of an urgency when you live there, because, uh, like I said, you are stacked on top of each other. People have to get to things quicker Things, uh, you know, because there are more people you have to move uh, to in order to accommodate the lives of others. I, I think that's something that you should experience, especially in your young life. Yeah, I, I think he would. They would be missing something. Well, maybe she's trying to convince him. I guess we'll never know. Uh, yeah. No, I do. I I have a little bit of a theory on this. And it's something that I, I think, well, I do not want to paint a picture of ladies, but. I think he's she, he's he's kind of given her this small town stero- small town stereotype of a girl that's trying to rope a guy in that's trying to just get him married. It was a common thing that I heard back when Fort Myers was a small place that a girl would try to, you know, get a guy and rope him into that small town life, that simple life and and keep him there. I think that's what I think that's the picture that he's painting. I'm not trying to say it's good or bad or anything. I just think that's what John's saying.
0: Interesting. <clears throat> So then we get the chorus again. Oh yeah, life goes on long after the thrill of living is gone. Oh yeah. I say life goes on long after the thrill of living is gone. So we get the do da boom And then we get the bridge. I, I, I'm, off drum, I'm telling drum
1: you,
0: filled, man, yeah. i telling you, man, I... Being a young kid who is learning to play drums, I remember hearing that and just being like, how cool. Yeah. How cool. It makes sense. Uh, Then we get the bridge. Gonna let it rock. Let it roll. Let the Bible Belt come and save my soul. Hold it on to 16 as long as you can. Changes come around real soon. Make us women and men. God, doom, doom. I mean, what a great fucking song! It is. <laughs> oh, it's really good.
1: It's it's excellent.
0: What a great fucking song. Um what is he letting it rock and letting it roll? I
1: don't know what the fuck that's about. Is that the chili dog sex that we were talking about? Is that is I that I think so. I think it all refers back to that. I mean, what else are you gonna do in Indiana?
0: If you have any history of doing anything anal, you have to know that poop is gonna be involved somewhere. Yeah. If you if you have an anti poop thing, just stay away. So you're because saying the Jack there. and Diane
1: is about poopy anal sex.
0: I'm I'm saying that the like maybe what they're song. saying is if you're gonna let it rock let it roll. Got to roll, <laughs> you know. Yep. Don't. Yeah. If you, you know, Put some if,
1: plastic down and out and underneath that end. If you that. don't
0: want to play the game, stay off the field. Yeah. Ooh. Um. I don't know. I don't know what the fuck. Gonna let it rock. Let it roll. Nugget on the end of it. This whole part has a genius annotation. Um, it says the Bible Belt is comprised of almost the entire Southern U.S. in which reside many a devout Baptist. Premarital sex is considered sinful in many Bible belt denominations. What Jack and Diane are described as doing in the song could get the both of them in a lot of trouble. The line, let the Bible belt come down is a play on the word belt, both describing the region in which the song takes place mm. and the punishment that could very well follow in the wake of their sexual exploration. Um, mm. I, I,
1: it doesn't say come down. It says let the Bible does, you're belt right. I was come say that. and save my soul. Yeah, it does not say come down and save my soul. That's pro- that's somebody <sighs> projecting extra words onto it because they have that person probably has seen the quite literal Bible belt. Yes, of which I have seen. I bet. Yes, it's a it is both a figurative and real thing. If you've grown up in a religious household, you will know that the belt is utilized, especially when you're fricking five boys in a very small space. You got to whip them all into shape that's just reality i'm not saying anything bad or good about it but the bible belt and when he said um specifically the middle of the country i would go so far as to say that the bible belt even though it is often i think that if you were to look it up in a dictionary they would interpret it as the southern united states everything from missouri downward uh, down to florida um is essentially the bible belt I would make the case that the Bible Belt is anywhere that's not a big city. If you go to anywhere in the United States, if you go to rural Iowa, you are experiencing the Bible Belt, in my opinion, because I've been to these other places um, where uh, rural the United States is still extremely religious. That's the way it is. And uh, that religion and all that are attached with it, everything with it, uh, plays a huge part in your life and your community standards that are set are often set by the church that you go to, and they can be oppressive. Uh, that's a fact. Be um, oppressive. Be be, be, be oppressive. oppressive. Go to church and feel <clears throat> the repression, Mark. Um, so he's got to mention it. I mean, where in the middle of Indiana is going to be full of this type of thought. These these mores, you know that you know chili dog sex is bad. You shouldn't go off and bo- dribble off your Bobby Brooks. That's not what you do. You need to save yourself for marriage. You have to let do him not do what you please. Yeah, or let him do what he pleases. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or
0: well, I mean, yeah, I guess either one. Uh, I also should mention, I guess, real quick that you know it says uh, hold on to sixteen as long as you can, which I guess is making reference to Jack and Diane being sixteen years old. Correct. The uh, the music video now there is pictures that we mentioned earlier baby pictures, et cetera, that some of them we have to imagine of our, are of John Cougar camp.
1: I, I think they are. I think that was said in one of the articles. Yeah. yeah. Um,
0: but there's some other ones, too, of like other people that I don't know. Maybe he knew when he was younger or right. what have you. But the people in the music video uh, are him and his wife at the time, Victoria Granucci. Granucci. And they are decidedly not 16. No. No. They are very, very far <clears> from. They've
1: it. grown, yeah. They're so, they're probably in their mid to late twenties at I'm, least. I'm glad so. we're not seeing a lot of super eight in the in the in the video. Yes, yeah, absolutely. It actually, works to effect.
0: It does. Yeah. It does. I mean, I think you're a little bit bigger of a fan of the music video than I was. Of course, it was 19. 19- yeah, I mean, <clears throat> MTV came out in 1981. 80. 80, Yeah. Um, and this video came out in 1982, So right. it was
1: still very. They were making videos New. before this, you know. You do know that. Oh yeah, 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 oh, man, yeah, yeah. I saw a great video. That's we need to watch this out there in lyrics to go land. Go out and watch the video for the McCoys. Hang on, Sloopy. Mm. Just remember, I told you that. Just know that it came. It came uh, 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 advised or recommended by Seth from Lyrics to Go. Go watch the McCoys. Hang on, Sloopy. Made before the tell MTV. Uh, yeah, tell two friends. Made before the MTV generation, and we're all better for it. Holding on to 16 as long as you can.
0: Changes come around real soon. Make us women and men. What a great line. Mm-hmm.
1: I do. I, I have to say I have a little bit of an issue with the uh, holding on to 16. Not that that's bad advice. It's just sometimes when I hear um, it can, would you consider it a little bit cliche? That advice? What? Hold on to 16. Hold on to your youth. <clears throat> it's something you hear a lot.
0: I will say um another cliche that I I you know is clichés are cliché for a reason I think in large part. Right, yeah. Youth is wasted on the young I think is is a very apt thing and the older I get I guess the more I think to myself I I think about I am not uh, how do I how do I say this <clears throat> I'm not a person who regrets much. I don't have many regrets in my life. Mhm. Um, I've always tried to live my life above board and I've always tried to help when I can. I've always tried to be a good person when I can. I think I've done a good job of it. There are a couple of, you know, maybe fights or a couple things that I, I, um, that I regret to some extent, but not many. I think in large part, I feel good about what I've done. Mm -hmm. Um, but I mean, I think that it is true that a lot of people don't realize what they have Mm -hmm. when they're young and they worry about a lot of stuff that as you get older, you start realizing doesn't mean as much as you thought it did Mm -hmm. when it did. And so, I mean, holding on to your youth, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that, but getting good advice while you're young and being, uh, I don't know if more daring is the right word or what have you, but just kind of realizing that time is fleeting. Mm. It is. There's it's undefeated, you know, and like, you you know, you're in the internet. Yeah. Do you hold on to 16? No, but, um, you should enjoy 16 while you can. Yeah. And you should enjoy 17 while you can. And you should also keep in mind that you do get older, but you don't necessarily have to grow up. And that you can stay silly and that you can. I mean, there are a lot of people who think that I'm younger than I am because I don't act like the way a a 40 something person should act. But I think the way most 40 people, 40 year old people act is boring. Agreed.
1: So, I mean, you know. Um, it 's a very deep question, but that 's kind of my answer. I remember hearing people say, you know oh hold not necessarily hold on, but something to this effect when I was younger, and uh thinking to myself it's it sounded preachy, it sounded like something you know that was just like a like a cliche that you would hear that would preachy not know that was preachy, not knowing um the depth of it as you get older and i didn 't like hearing it now i don 't like hearing it, I think more. Because I do know the depth of it and I know, um, I don't like, I don't like being reminded that time is fleeting. You know, that's, that's part of my, of my problem with it. I don't like being reminded of that. I I do want to live a little bit. I try to live a little bit more there. I do have regrets.
0: Well, I mean, you know, and I mean, well, you being a parent, especially, oh, we're
1: you're going to have them. I especially regret those scallops that were out of date that I had before I had sex that night. And that was. You know, He's sucking on a chili dog.
0: No, no these were scallops,
1: but yeah. same effect.
0: Yeah, yeah, I bet. Yeah.
1: yeah, um, I don't know. I've,
0: uh, I, I said once, and I had a couple of people message me like, "Is everything okay?" But I was like, I think I'm happy with all the things I've done in my life, and if I die, Excuse bless me. you, and if I die, that's all right. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I'm not pumped to die, but I mean, I feel really, really lucky to have lived the life I've lived. I
1: feel one hundred percent. I just like to say exactly the way you do i feel like i've lived a very full and very happy life and i'm glad to where i've gotten i do feel like there's some shit i gotta get done
0: yeah yeah i so. there's some stuff i want to do but again kind of like the regrets thing i don't have a very long bucket list i i mean i guess i'm lucky in that i've done a lot of things i want to do i would like to see the northern lights that'd be cool
1: that is one of the things on my bucket i want to see the easter island moai Oh, yeah! I want to see that. I want to see. Uh, I want to see uh, the Northern Lights. Seeing them up in like Norway, way in the hell up at the top, yeah, would be really cool. I want to see Tahiti. You know, these yeah. are things I want to see. I want to go to Cuba before it. You know, do you have things that you want to do? Hashtag bucket list to go on the Facebook
0: page. Lyrics I've been to listening go. to way too much Doughboys, where they do <laughs> hashtags for everything. Um, then we just get another uh, last chorus. Oh yeah. Life goes on long after the thrill of living blah, blah, is blah, blah, gone. Blah, yeah. Oh, yeah. They say life goes on long after the thrill of living is gone. Um, and then we get an outro. Now, the outro is kind of interesting, too. It is. It's well, it's not, but it is. No, it is. The outro says a little ditty about Jack and Diane, two American kids doing the best they can. Now, that's what the this lyrics here says. a big
1: picture to me, I think.
0: Now, to me, what I always heard and a better lyric in my opinion, is a little ditty about Jack and Diane, two American kids done the best they can. I thought he was saying it past tense as if now they've grown up.
1: I like the present tense. Yeah? I do, yeah. I think it paints a, I think it paints a, this is one time where it might paint a a better picture. Um, In context, 1982 when this came out. The United States was not a completely secure... I mean, I'm not saying anything about today, but it's far more secure than it was in 82. Coming out of a, a 70s malaise and depression or a, a, a recession, this was a difficult place to get by in, especially in the Rust Belt in the middle of the country where he was living. You know, that's a the rusty hard... Rusty Bible Belt. It's a hard, hard place to live. And who's to say that that little uh, excursion where she dribbled off for Bobby Brooks... And they did it. Didn't create another little Midwesterner in that. And now, you know, she is, or he has been roped into the middle of the country. I think that's what he's saying, is that you know Diane wins, she gets him, and 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 she and they're there, they're now firmly entrenched in this hometown um, because of circumstance. And now they're doing the best that they can, in spite of their circumstances. Which Mark, middle of the country was a hard place in 1982. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I don't, I don't dislike. I think it completes the picture.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I so I think it, I think it completes the picture in one way as opposed to where it's done the best they can. Mm-hmm. Kind of like it's, it's the coming of age. It's, it is the, they, okay, they are no longer mm-hmm. kids now that now they're grown up, whether it be that she was pregnant and, you know, had a kid or That's just a hypothetical. Or whatever. Yeah. 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 But that's it. That's the song. God damn it. What's the creep factor?
1: God. Well. <clears throat> How I mean, creepy is, is if you, if Chili you, Dog Sex? They're both 16, so we can't, you know, throw age into it. You know, like somebody leering over a youngster. So that that, that the fact that they're the same age uh, defaults that one. Um, you know, she's sitting on his nap, got, a, a lap, got his hand between her knees. Now they are two kids just doing what kids are going to do. Um, It's it's really not that creepy, I suppose. Other than the, I suppose the, the dribble off those Bobby Brooks slacks has a little bit of creepiness into it. You know, it doesn't sound very good. You know, I, I don't think that a lady in, in, in a romantic situation want to hear, you know, dribble off in panties. You know, I don't think that's something that ladies would want to hear. I, I don't think it's necessarily over the top creepy. It's just got a little tinge to it. I'm going to give it a
0: 1.7. Yeah, I mean, creepy. Everything seems pretty consensual here. Yeah, I'll give it a flat one. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing, really nothing uh, to it. Nothing. Yeah, there's nothing really to balk at here. Uh, but, you know, I, I'm glad that we got to talk a lot about that uh, That weird chili ch- chili dog
1: sex. And I don't know if it's just straight up chili on there, if there's onions, but... If you're out there in Lyrics to Land, please bring up your food kinks on the Facebook or Instagram pages. Please let us know what you think. Hashtag fuck food. Mm. Yeah. Uh, what do we want to do next?
0: Uh, next up, we are going to do a song that I've had sitting on here. We've done one song for this band, and this is the other song that I originally wanted to do for them. Um, so let's go ahead and, and do it. We're going to do Want You Bad by The Offspring.
1: Wow. I don't know anything about this song. Great. Okay, good. So we'll just good. go into it blind like I have in the past.
0: Yeah, I know a little bit about it. And uh, I don't know. Like, this is like a horny month. <laughs> uh, oh, well, this will be coming out in December. Happy December to you, Seth. We're recording this on December Eve, November 30th. So it's
1: going to come out like the third, second or third or something like that? Uh, third. Yeah, this will yeah. come out the third. Third or fourth, yeah. something like that.
0: Yeah, it'll be out here soon. So go ahead and and we're going to start getting ready to do a Christmas song or two. Mm. Maybe we can knock out two Christmas songs like I we did last songs. year or the year before that, which was a lot of fun to do. We've got a whole separate list of Christmas songs. So, uh, yeah, so go ahead and listen to The Offspring, Want You Bad, uh, and listen to
1: that. Anything you want to say before we wrap up here? The man that I saw, the club that I saw built to spill in, was the Lounge Axe. <laughs> He got it. I got it. He got it by the end of the episode. Yep, Fuck the yeah. Jacks. That was a smokiest bar I've ever been in. Mark, this was a lot of fun. It was. Thank I was kinda of of unsure. Audience, thank you for indulging listening to me rant a little bit about uh about one of my favorites songwriters, uh, Shane McGowan. Uh, I hope that you have I hope that you're uh amping yourself up into a wonderful Christmas, holiday season, whatever you want to call it. Uh good Hanukkah season, good Christmas season. Of the you know Judeo Christian God of your choice, whatever that is, would happen to be, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and uh, and hope that you can go out there and check out those uh, social media pages, whether it be Facebook, Instagram, whatever. We did get a email today. I don't know if you I saw, saw that. It. I haven't read it yet. I think it's a, maybe I think it's a friend of Tim's. I'm not sure. Oh, God. Got a lot to talk about when Tim gets here. Absolutely. I can't wait, Tim. I know you're probably going to hear this. I can't wait to see you, man
0: yes absolutely cannot wait thank you dear listener for listening along and for sending in uh, ideas of songs to do uh, for telling your friends about us and all that happy stuff we do appreciate you we'll be back next Monday with Offsprings want you bad on yet another episode of lyrics to go (laughs)